Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. And uh, we are here to talk to you 100% about the early signing period, what has now, what has been, I guess, National Signing Day for since its, you know, since its inception, since it was brought into play. And, uh, you know, just to kind of let our audience know something a little bit, we had talked about, uh, coming on yesterday morning, uh, the first day of the early signing period, doing a quick show to preview what was going on, and then coming back last night. And guys, that was like that was like eating a big meal and saying you're going to go on a run after. I mean, we didn't even get to the front door before deciding not to do it because stuff started popping off well before 8 a.m. yesterday, and we bailed. We were like, all right. We, there was there wasn't even a discussion. It was just kind of like understood, like, yeah, we'll we'll get to this on Thursday. I'll be honest. Uh, with you, I'll be honest with you, Jake. I was never in. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was never in. I don't know what what was going on that text thread, but I was never in. But, yeah, and I get it. I'm here. To I get it, it, man. Uh, it was it was a wild and crazy day yesterday, and guys, one of the things I love about National Signing Day is it's never, it's always crazy. It's always, you know, wild. It's, it's never wild in the exact same way twice. I mean, it's just never the exact same type of story twice. And yesterday, you know, you had the Travis Hunter thing flipping to Jackson uh, State. And listen, I'm not throwing any shade when I say this, okay? We all know Mike Farrell. Um, Mike's been at this a long, long time, and I really don't care. You can be listening to the show. I don't give a rip what you think about Mike Farrell. He's been doing it a long time, and he's been doing it a long time for a reason. And I'm listening to him on the radio headed into – he's on uh, XM with with Rick Neuheisel and Chris Childers. I love that show, uh, although I cannot couldn't tell you the name of it at this particular moment. Um, and he's talking to him, and he's like, yeah, Travis Hunter – think he might flip to Georgia. I think it's going to be Georgia. And they're sitting here telling him, like, it's being reported he's going to flip to Jackson State. He's like, no way. It's not going to happen. I don't see it. That's how unbelievable that was. For a guy who's seen the things that he's seen, he didn't think it was going to happen. So that happens. Um, you know, Georgia's able to land Marvin Jones Jr. They don't get Kamari Wilson. They don't get Shamar James. And, and a couple of flips I think we expected coming into the day. Tyree West uh, flips to uh, – flips but he flips to a school that we didn't necessarily anticipate in tennessee uh marquise groves killabrew uh flips to texas a&m and, and i think by the time you know we all woke up yesterday morning we kind of realized that was going to happen um but rusty I, compare it just in terms of intensity to other signing days and how crazy it was how crazy was yesterday for you i think this is the first time you know the majority of 90% of the news happened in the afternoon. 
the undecided news. You know, me and Kip are sitting there at like 12 and I'm like, dude, we're till 4 p.m. Basically, there's not unless something pops, there's not a whole lot going on here. So um, it, for, for me, that one was a little bit different. Um, the news is usually kind of all over the place, about one or two kids uh, on National Signing Day Eve. But Tuesday night, uh, I, Steve Wilfong called me, and we were trying to compare notes on four or five kids, and it was all over the place uh, Tuesday night. And it was just one of those crazy days, man, where anything could have happened, and it did. Um, Kamari, I think at the end of the day, Kamari Wilson was the one that that I thought was going to end up. I know there's a lot of conversation. Smoke Bowie could have went either any any way. I mean, there was he could end up at Georgia very easily. There was a lot of conversation with him and the Georgia staff last couple of days, and but Kamari Wilson's the one that Georgia felt really good about. They should have. I said on our board, he was a solid commit for a long time, but those solid commits don't mean anything until you get that pen to paper. So. Could have been a solid commit to several schools, but Georgia felt very good about him. And uh, at the end of the day, didn't get him. But Marvin Jones Jr. was was an absolute have to. And holding Julian Humphrey was a big, big deal, uh, you know, going into yesterday as well. Yeah. And, you know, I look back and, you know, obviously, listen, I mean, kudos to Florida. Kudos yeah. to Billy Napier and Corey Raymond for the work they did in, in getting Kamari Wilson and getting Shamar James. You know, I think if you look at that on the surface, which Florida fans are going to look at it and celebrate, do that. It's a lot of fun, and and you got two really good players. Georgia fans are going to look at it. Some of them still want to laugh at Florida's class and the overall look of it, and I get that. It's rivalry. It's college football. It's what we do. Uh, but you also got some other Georgia fans that kind of want to jab at the Georgia staff for losing to a brand-new staff like that uh, on a couple of players. Well, keep in mind that – look at Georgia's inside linebacker class and, you know, think that's, that's not exactly a selling point for yourself. That's something that can be used against you. Look at Georgia's DB class. And I know Kamari Wilson's a safety, but Georgia signed two safeties, two really good safeties, three really good cornerbacks. All of those guys were signed and, and in the fold before Kamari Wilson ever made a decision. And that probably didn't help him a lot either. It doesn't mean that you can't go out and get them. It doesn't mean that that's the reason you didn't get them, but you know, there, there's a lot of different things at play there. And, uh, you know, Georgia would have loved to have had Wilson. They would have loved to have had Shamar James. They didn't get either one of them. Uh, but they still ended up with incredible hauls, I feel like, at both of those positions. And I got a feeling some of those names are going to pop up here in just a little bit when we do our uh, superlatives. Kip, um, you know, probably maybe a little bit of a different point of view for you this year. Uh, you know, I know a lot of years in the, and on National Signing Day, you're out roaming around, covering announcements, doing different things, but you were kind of uh, hunkered down in the fort, same fort that I was, just a different location. Where did it rank for you or where did it compare for you just in terms of what the heck's going on? Well, I mean, like you guys said, every signing day is unique. You, uh, you can This can be number 16 for me and I still – you know, not be prepared for what, what's going to happen. I think the same will be said next year. We'll have new wrinkles, you know, who knows how it's going to look next year, but it was interesting just because by 10 AM, you know, 18 signees were in by, by 10 AM. And like you guys said, I mean, we looked at, I was setting up the, the signing day schedule, putting that article on the site and saw every single guy, Georgia was fighting to add to the class. It was four o'clock, four forty. 5 30 6 p.m so 
for for the Georgia fans that like to celebrate on signing day and you know maybe uh you have an adult beverage or two you know it's probably a pretty long day by that by the time that the, these actual announcements were coming down and it it does create a unique experience because you know for Rusty he's having to to have a whole day of of tracking where things are I mean where things are at 10 maybe differently at noon Absolutely. And 1 p.m. These coaches are on the phones or trying to get Zoom, trying to get a hold of these guys, say, hey, where are we? Where are we? How's it looking? How's it looking? And if you're doing that for over eight hours, I mean, that that is a uh, a challenge on our end. And it, like you said, I'm if there's a guy announcing, you know, in Kennesaw or, you know, even Columbus, you know, one of us will be there. But, I mean, Georgia's recruiting guys that are kind of in South Florida, you know, it, you make that drive down there for an announcement, and then you're making the long drive back if it, if it doesn't go your way. But there's no real way to get down there and get a good feel for what's going on because it's all happening on the phone with coaching staffs. So it, it is a challenge for us as we're trying to, to tell the junkyard, hey, this is where things are at one. This is where things are at two. But, I mean, I think what you, you can't really um, – you don't want to miss the fact that Georgia had a big recruiting victory a day early. I mean, Dale and Everett jumping on board uh, and, and, you know, he was planning on having a 10 a.m. announcement on signing day, but, you know, you know Tuesday rolls around. And he's just like, no, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So a lot of this discussion about Georgia having five, you know, five, five stars, you know, they added one on Tuesday and then they added another on Wednesday at the biggest position indeed we thought in the class at edge. On the show when we had the last pause, I said Marvin Jones Jr. might be the most important recruit left on the board for Georgia based on what they need, and and they got him, and you know, and so it's it's there's some things if you kind of peel back and look at it, you know, like you guys said, the the ones they lost did happen to be at positions that they had other guys in the class, you know, when you look at Shamar James, they have a couple of very talented top 100 linebackers on board. And then when you look in the secondary, uh, I think it's pretty clear that no one's, you know, no one's complaining about the job that Coach Adai did in his first full year uh, on Georgia's coaching staff. Maybe the most talented uh, secondary class Georgia's ever reeled in. And you know, who knows? I mean, with, with Kamari Wilson, seeing, seeing the guys that Georgia had on board, uh, you know, that may have been something that helped Florida in the end when they're trying to recruit guys and, and pitch them on playing time, I think Georgia's DB class, you know, would have been special with him, but it's special without him. So overall, if you're looking on what happened just on signing day, uh, you, you can see Georgia miss out on some guys that, that were announcing. But if you look at the class, you know, outside of receiver, I think they, they've really hit on everything and they still have a chance to add a couple guys at the All-American Bowl as well, just to kind of, uh, add to what is already, I mean, at, at worst, maybe uh, Georgia's second best class ever. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, let's go ahead and get to this one real quick, and we'll do superlatives on the second half. Um, hell of a class. I think we would all agree with that. Uh, a, a, an incredible class. Um, and, and Kirby Smart and his staff continue to show their commitment to recruiting. But the receiver group, I think we would all agree that that was the group that Georgia missed on some guys that it would have liked to have gotten. Um, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about it for Georgia. Uh, I still think it has a chance to, to work out for them. Um, because, uh, you know, I think Chandler Smith, you know, that speed, that raw speed. And I'll tell you what, you look at his film, 
And, you know, sometimes you see a guy and he's listed at 6'1", 180, and you see him on film and you're like, ooh, he's, he's a rail. He's small. Chandler Smith looks big. Like, he's a big-looking dude on film, and he moves really well. You got a lot of upside. You got a lot of potential there. You got Denylon uh, Morissette, who is a really good football player. I don't know that he's got that one elite skill. I mean, he's not super big. He's not super fast. Um, you know, he's a guy that kind of gives you gives off that Riley Ridley type of vibe as, to, as far as a player. And, and if Georgia gets that out of him, that'll be great because he's a, Riley Ridley was a very productive player. Um, at Georgia, Cole Spear, I feel like has a, a pretty good bit of upside, good size, good speed, but on paper, it doesn't stack up to the elite wide receiver classes in the country. And, you know, Rusty, just want to give you a chance. To, how worried are you about that wide receiver class? And, and, and what do you think the future holds there for Georgia as far as those guys, those three guys that signed yesterday? Um, concerned. Now, I'm not going to be around the bush. Concerned. But, you know, I really dug into the wide receiver offers today. And if you look at things, Denial Morissette was a major target for Georgia from the start. He was an in-state kid. They lost Kojo Antwi uh, at Lambert High School right there in, in Gwinnett County. They lost him to Ohio State. That was a, a big in-state battle. Other than that, Georgia had to go out and try to win big out-of-state battles. Luther and Bur- like way out-of-state battles, too. I'm not talking about like next-door type deals. Luther Burden in Missouri. You look at Andre Green in Virginia. You look at Evan Stewart in Texas. So Georgia went after the four, the high-level four- and five-star kids. Um, you know, they had them all on campus at one time. They were really, really close to getting Luther Burden. So there's a couple of things there I think that worked against Georgia, the depth and the state. I think the sleeper prospect, maybe Tennessee guy, Caleb Webb, kid out of McEachern, had a really, really good year, uh, verified times, kind of a late bloomer. We'll see how that goes down the line. I think Cole Spears, the person that Georgia identified, worked him out. I think he's a really good signature uh, for Georgia. But overall, when you start talking about those elite kids, they weren't in the state of Georgia, so they had to go out and get those guys. Um, and Jordan popped in here when I started talking about Tennessee. Did you see how popped Man, up? I was worried we weren't live there for a minute, brother. You see how, <laughs> you see how quick he jumped there and I said, Tennessee, man, he, he hit the he hit the First ball. thing I looked at, I tried to see if that thing was live up there in the top left. I was like, no, we're 14 minutes in, Jordan. We yeah. can't start over. Hit the live button. <laughs> uh, Jordan, I'll give you some credit. I think Tennessee did a good job with Caleb Webb out of McEachern. Uh, but, you know, there were some things working against Georgia, and then at the end of the day, nobody cares. Nobody gives you points for second place. It's what you signed. So, yeah, they got to get some guys. I think they'll get a guy in Port. I, I don't think it's panic time, though. I mean, they, I mean, you know, Adani Mitchell, whatever, however how you pronounce his name, I don't want to butcher it. Really good young player. He already did. Lad McConnell, Brock Bauer. Don't want to. Those guys, they got some young players that can play, and you put some guys in the mix. Oh, you're going to get Arian Smith back. So. Yes, it is concerning that you're missing on some of these bigger battles. I think there's a few things that worked against Georgia as far as in-state, but I don't think it's quite panic time in the wide receiver room, but you want to add more depth. You want to add more quality depth. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, you know, it's that, you know, it's speed now. It really is. It's so much speed and so much suddenness, and you kind of see it with the way Alabama's recruiting receivers. But I will say this. And I had somebody kind of point this out to me yesterday, like, oh, well, Georgia's going to have to go to the portal again for receiver. You know where Alabama's number one route receiver came from this year? Mm-hmm. The transfer portal. So it's not the end of the world. It's not a bad thing. 
Um, you know, you just gotta, game, cha- game changing. Yeah. Go get you, go get you a guy supplement. It's, it's going to be the case every year. You're going to, if you, if you, every team needs an immediate impact player every year at at least one position, um, George is going to need one, probably at safety, probably one at edge and probably, and then one, I don't know that it's necessarily as big of a need as edge and safety, but they're, they would love to have one at receiver too. Um, so it's not. A, you know, it's not a scarlet letter if you have to go to the uh, go to the portal to get a really good player. Kip, uh, got any got a different take on the wide receiver class, or well, is it doom and gloom like me and Rusty? Well, first off, you guys are mentioning you know Alabama's number one receiver. I have to point out that their their number two guy, just kind of just adding on to that, was a guy that was outside the top two fifty at his position coming coming into Alabama. He wasn't one of those five-star guys that's part of the special classes that we've talked about in the past. He was a number 40 receiver coming out of high school. And, I mean, his verified 40 time coming out was a 4.64. So he wasn't a guy that was known as a burner coming out of high school, at least as far as the the known testing times or, or one of the elite guys in the country. So, you know, you can, you can get guys into your program and then down the road they – you know, they turned out to be really outstanding players. So when you're looking at Georgia's group, I mean, they got they got numbers. And I think you're mentioning speed. I think Chandler Smith, you know, all the comments aside about whether or not, you know, they he can stay healthy on the field. He, he's a lottery ticket. And when you get Arian Smith on the field, you, you know, your offense is different. And so that it really is what it's about. I mean, you bring a guy like that in. You know, and you you hope that what happened in high school, you know, he's moved on from that. You get him in your strength program and you hope that, you know, you can you can have a guy like that get on the field and and help you. But just him and and an Alan Moore set and and again, the other guys, Cole Spear as well. Those are guys that aren't in the top 250 or I mean, are 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 in the top 250 as far as Chandler Smith and Moore set and guys that end up outplaying the ranking down the road but the guys that georgia missed on i think rusty hit on it it's tough to know who the real decision maker is whenever it's a guy out of state if it's a guy that's at north cobb or or you know at grayson high school i think georgia's coaching staff is going to have a pretty good idea uh, of you know who is helping lead this young man in his decision who that key person is in his recruitment it just gets a little bit more difficult when you're having to go uh, to Missouri, to Virginia, to Texas. And I think that 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 is where location really matters when it comes down to decision time. And I think it's, it's just kind of where it hurt Georgia. Uh, can they do better recruiting at the wide receiver position? Yes. Can they also find a guy in the portal to supplement this class? And, you know, next year have an opportunity to put a better product on the field in the passing attack have your guys stay stay healthy out there and re- recruit at an elite level at the wide receiver position. I, I think it's very possible, and, and I think it's just something to to the work on moving forward. But you know, I like the group. I, I think there's a lot of talent in this group, and I, I think Cole Spears a guy that you know watching him and all the plays he made for Calhoun. I think he's a guy. It comes in there and you know pretty much puts himself in the competition for snaps immediately he's going to come in with that kind of attitude. Uh, I mean, just like a guy like Lad McConkie did this season. I mean, once, once you're in that, in that room, in that position group, he, he just has that mentality 
that he's going to earn playing time and make plays. So I, I really like what he brings to the table, and that's exactly what you want out of your wide receiver. All right, guys, uh, superlatives on the other side of this break, but let's take it real quick. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, guys, I got a handful of superlatives that I want us to kind of blow through here real quick, and I really would love to get to all of them. So let's just jump right into them. And Rusty, you brought up a good one before the show. It's probably the one that everybody likes to hear the most. Give me the guy in this class that has signed already because there's three that haven't, and then you've got uh, Christian Miller and and Ernest Green who have signed and I'll announce later. Georgia's in it for both of those guys and, and a very big-time factor for both of those guys. So when you look at the 23 that Georgia signed yesterday, who gets drafted the highest? Well, I'll give you my 1A, and I'll give you 1B for a reason. I'm going to give you 1A because of premium position and I'll go Michael Williams, and I'll go Michael because he's a pass rusher. And it's always quarterback, um, you know, can you rush the quarterback, can you protect the quarterback, and you are you a quarterback. That's the guys that are drafted first. Uh, in 2020, I said Jalen Carter would be the first guy signed out of that class, and I stand by that because he's a defensive lineman that can rush the passer, create havoc, et cetera. I'll go 1B because I'm very – anybody that's ever followed me knows I, I don't like to compare. I don't want to put that – comparison on it because it's such a standard and but i think jalen walker's i think jalen walker's a guy i think he is an absolute this kid's got superstar written all over him because of a couple of things he's a college coach's son his dad's a division one college football coach he understands the game he understands the dedication uh he is so polished as a young man just 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 absorb you can just talk to him and understand this kid has really really got it and he's a very smart but i'm telling you this, this is an athletic freak on the football field this guy can play on the edge this guy can play inside backer um i would you know i don't want to say this is roquan smith but this guy has potential to be a roquan smith because he's taller and longer than like a Nicobe dean you know Nicobe dean's a that's going to be a high-level draft pick. But when you start separating some guys, Jalen Walker's taller and a little bit longer than Nicobe Dean. So um, I, I go 1A, and I hate to steal two, but I'll go 1A with Michael because he's a pass rusher, and I've seen him enough. Uh, and I think his best playing days are ahead of him. But I think Jalen Walker's a guy that Georgia fans are going to love. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to have Jalen Walker a little later on. Uh, my pick's Marvin Jones, Jr., um, I love the fact um, – I, A, I was – I mean, I'm so excited because I was a huge fan of his dad. 
Uh, you know, I, I remember his dad playing linebacker, such a really, really good football player. I think coming from that kind of pedigree with those types of measurables, incredible twitch for a six five dude. I mean, so quick and and an incredible motor. He's like to me, he's almost like Brenton Cox frame Aziz Ojalari skill set, and you just kind of marry those together, and we'll see how hard he works and how how much it pans out for him, how healthy he can stay. But I think he's going to be the highest uh, drafted guy from this uh, group of signees from yesterday. Kip, who you got? Man, I was I was going to say Jalen Walker, but you know what? I, I'm I'm going to go with Malachi Starks just because this guy. I mean, we got you know you can list him as an athlete, but this guy's going to come in and push for playing time from day one at safety, and he's going to. I mean, he's going to he's going to have film, multiple years of film. I think just because. One, his talent level, and two, Georgia needs help at that position. You've seen the guys, you know, they've had the, really some depth issues at the position this year, and, and I think he's a guy that can come in there and help them immediately. And, I mean, I'm not – it's we shouldn't be calling any of these guys three-and-out guys, but I just think that Malachi Starks is the type of guy who comes in, maybe not start, but he's in that rotation from day one, and, and you know, maybe he does start a couple games for Georgia next year. You know, they might need him to, but – just he does he, he does everything you know for Jefferson. He, he's an outstanding athlete. He's got verified track speed as well. I mean, being a ten to five five guy at his size, uh, you know the the long jump. There, there's not anything that Malachi doesn't excel at right now. You know, on and off the field. I just think that that he was that guy early on in this class. You got him. You're like, you know, okay, you, we can work with this. And then looking at the secondary class, you just can't overlook what he brings to the table. I mean, I. Having watched a lot of outstanding athletes over the years, I mean, we we should never do the player comparisons, but as far as what he does in the field, I mean, it's very Eric Berry-like. Just yeah. everything that he does, the burst, you know, the way he attacks the football, the, the way that he can help on both sides of the ball. He just has that high ceiling uh, twitch about him he's just really really fluid athlete and i think that that's exactly what georgia needs at set in the safety position i think he's going to be a guy in three years we're talking about as, as one of the better dbs to, to suit up for georgia and they've had some really good ones over the years jordan over uh jordan over here in the chat saying is this the tennessee podcast because uh you mentioned eric berry so uh jordan's jordan's trolling us over here one of the best own, ever play there on our, own, on our own show yeah eric berry's a stud um all right highest floor the highest floor of any player in this class this is where i'm going with Jalen walker because i mean barring injury the kid's gonna be a productive player at georgia he's gonna he, uh, he's gonna start 20 plus games um he's gonna be a major factor in 25 30 plus games and do some big things at Georgia bar and injury. So I've got Jalen Walker as my highest floor guy. Rusty, who's your highest floor guy? I got Branson Robinson because he'll get a ton of touches. Yeah. A uh, big, big guy like that. They're going to run the ball. I don't care who's a quarterback. You know, Georgia's still going to be Georgia at times. And this is a guy that can impact the game and, and, and more importantly, can impact the red zone because he's a powerful back that can run through tackles, move the chains. And you got to have five tough yards. You want to start with somebody like Branson Robinson. All right, Kip, highest floor. I like it. C.J. Washington for me, a guy you don't have to worry about. He's just going to go out there and, and get it done. Uh, I think, you know, you look at Georgia's inside linebackers, he's got that that explosiveness. He's He's got the versatility of having played offense as well. So you know that, again, he can play off-ball linebacker for you. 
He's got length and he's going to be able to add more mass. I think he just comes in there and, and you know, gives you a guy that can play all three downs, uh, attacks the football well. And, and I think that he's got some upside as well, but I just think he's a football player. And I think just he checks off all the boxes. I don't think the developmental curve is going to be uh, very difficult for him. I think he comes in and, and gets in that too deep. And, and as long as he stays healthy, it's highly productive for Georgia over the next three or four years. Probably going to have some doubling up here, but Rusty, who's your uh, who's your highest upside, highest ceiling? Um, Ja'Cory Thomas. I think it's the kid that people you know know a little bit about, but um, I haven't seen Ja'Cory Thomas. I've seen him on tape, but everybody I talked to in that Budsmere building, uh, when he worked out this summer, they were just blown away with him. They offered immediately, got him up campus back again next week. I think Ja'Cory Thomas is a guy that Georgia fans uh, probably not paying enough attention to right now. We need some safety help. We need a guy that can play. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. No. You froze there for a minute on us. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. back. Ja'Cory Thomas Thomas was my guy that, that went. Kip, who you got? High ceiling. You know what, man? I, I thought about this for a while. I, I really like Jacob Hood just because you got a guy with, with that kind of size. I mean, you you can't teach that type of thing. I think that he's a guy that, you know, looking at the competition, uh, there, there there's going to be, uh, you know, a learning curve for him. But he can bend for a guy that's pushing 6'8". I think once he gets in that strength and conditioning program, He's going to continue to trend upward. I think he's already lost some weight. I think he was, I think, 380 maybe a year ago, already in the, the 340s now. I think if he continues along this path of that with that arm length that he has and his his leverage and pad level, I, I think he can really be a huge help in the run game. And, I mean, the future's bright as a pass protector too. So inside, outside, versatility, there's a lot of, a lot of things to work with there with Jacob Hood. Yeah, I had a guy that I know really well and and talk O line with. Uh, a high school coach told me that he's a big Georgia fan. He said that uh, he would he would like uh, Ba and uh, Hood's upside over even a guy like Warren McClendon, um, who has played an incredible right tackle for Georgia the past couple of years. And all I mean, still that remind that that depends on staying healthy and and getting better. You know, I mean, it, that's just that's what all that comes down to. And uh, that's up to those guys in a lot of ways. Uh, my highest ceiling guy, um, you know, obviously I love Marvin Jones Jr. ceiling. I can't believe George got a 6'1", five-star corner and a 6'2", five-star corner. And we're going to get through three rounds of this without bringing either one of them up. But I'm going Julian Humphrey because, I, I mean, the kid can fly. I mean, he can absolutely go. I think he's, I think he's a little crazy on the football field in a good way. Um, you know, I think he's got a little, little bit of, uh, just some, just some hyper competitiveness to him. I still think he's a little bit raw. Um, but in some ways, I don't know his personality inside and out. I I didn't get, I haven't got a chance to know him like I knew Eric Stokes, but in some ways he kind of reminds me of Eric Stokes just a little bit in terms of length and frame and speed and, and competitiveness. I I like Julian Humphrey a lot. I think he's going to be a really good player, super high ceiling. Um, has a chance to be about as good as he wants to be. Rusty, give me a freak show. Who's the biggest freak show guy in this class for you? Biggest – holy crap, man. Who is that? 
I mean, Kip talked about it. Malachi starts. I mean, this is a kid that runs a 10-500 with a 24-9 long jump. I don't think people understand what a 24-9 long jump is. Uh, the only person I've ever heard to put on a Georgia Bulldog uniform that was a 24-plus long jumper was Reggie Brown. He was state champion. Um, Malachi Starks, to be able to do what he can do, uh, triple jump, high jump, everything. I mean, this kid is absolutely it's, – it's, it's NFL stuff. I mean, when you look at his numbers and data that supports it. But you're talking about explosion. You're talking about explosion through your core. To be able to 24-9 long jump, in a 6'1", 205-pound frame is unheard of. And, and, oh, by the way, he backed it up with a 10'500 uh, in the semifinals, came back, I think he ran like 10'8 in the finals because it just wasn't his day that day. But I, I don't know that there's anybody in the country that can show the track measurables along with the size of Malachi Starks. He is, he is as freaky as it gets with verified data. Uh, I'm going to go Branson Robinson. Um, I will – there's a lot of things I won't forget about working in this business, but Branson Robinson on his visit, noticeable, very noticeable walking out of that tunnel on the sideline from the press box. I looked down there and I was like, some curls, hadn't he? I looked down there and I saw, I saw a guy and I was like, man, is that, you know, is that like, uh, is that somebody's dad? You know, is that, you know, DeAndre Swift's dad back? I mean, is that, is that Kendall Milton's dad down there on the sideline? Like this man's put together like a dude that's been lifting weights for 30 years. I mean, he's, he's carved out of a mountain, man. I mean, he just is, he is, he's something else. And you flip on that film and he's fast. He's got burst. He's got balance. He's got toughness. He's got contact balance. Uh, and um, tell you what, man, there's some guys, they're going to have some, they're going to have some rough memories, I feel like, of trying to tackle Branson Robinson one-on-one downhill. Um, you know, maybe some ear, you know, ringing in the ears type deal uh, going on there because he is a he's going to be a load, and uh, he's got the speed and the quickness and all that stuff to match. Kip, who you got? Well, uh, if I'm going a different path than the other you guys go, I'll go with the guy left, and that's Chandler Smith, a guy that you know again looks, yeah. looks bigger than his list is size. But if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about uh, freak athletes, a guy that runs a, a 10 2, 8, 100 and a, a 20 26 2, 200. I mean, the, those those are uh, elite times. And when we talk about Arian Smith and the, and the speed he brings to the table. Uh, this is a guy that that's right there with him coming out of high school. So to, to have a guy like that, and, and, you know, to potentially have two guys that can really take the top off a of defense out there in your wide receiver group, you know, that's not something that a lot of schools can say they have. I mean, there aren't a lot of sub 10, three guys out there, just guys that are already that, you know, that good at their craft. And so for him to be a, you know, a state champion and in both those uh, events and, and uh, the look to have some length to him too. I, I don't. That's the thing. His his measurements are estimated. There there are not verified measurements on his profile. And and as you guys said, I think he's a little bit bigger than that. So usually you see these guys that have that kind of speed. I mean, like we remember uh, Miko Harbin. You know, he was you know he was barely hitting five uh, ten if he had the right shoes on that day. So. I just think for for a guy to be you know over six foot and and maybe over six one and to be able to to put that kind of athleticism out there, uh, I think that that's really elite and 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 that's 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 the two freak show type stuff. So it's just all about him uh, putting it all together and 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 making sure that you got a football player as well. 
All right, guys, last one. Impact award, career impact, superlative. Three to five years from now, when all of this class has moved on one way or the other, who do you look back, Rusty, and say, this guy had the biggest impact at the University of Georgia? Maybe he's not going to be the highest draft pick, not the big. I mean, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but he had the biggest impact, the best career at Georgia. I think this is real easy. If he wins a job, it's Gunnar Stockton. Yeah. He, yeah. He's the most pivotal part of, of I think all. we can all nod our heads yes, because that's exactly <laughs> yeah, what I was, I was wanting that. I was wanting to answer that one first. Yeah. I was like, come on, Jake, pick me, I, pick me. I, I can cut us down, all of us, because if, if Gunnar Stockton wins the job, probably going to win it as a freshman or a red shirt at some points. That means he's going to play a lot of games. So, obviously, nobody impacts a football game more than a quarterback because they touch the ball every single play offensively. So, I, would, I, I think we could all feel safe going with Gunnar Stockton. And for me, it dips even further than than just the position he plays. I, I I've I think he's got the it factor. Um, you know, you hear Kirby talk about him yesterday. It's not because Kirby said this, but I just think this guy has a laser like focus to play the quarterback position and to be great at it. Um, I think there's some cockiness there that you want. There's some athleticism there. There's a sturdy body at you know six foot six foot one, two hundred ten, two hundred fifteen, twenty pounds. Um, there's there's a lot of intangibles there that I really like. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is a guy that's going to be a multi-year starter in Athens. And I think Georgia's got to get to that point again where they've got a high upside guy playing quarterback and doing it for multiple years. Yeah. That's got to happen. You're muted. You, you, you unmuted and then muted again. I'll say this because it would be a lot easier to say this here than to write it in the behind the scenes. I've said it on a couple interviews. May have said it here, but – uh, a good friend of mine, longtime Calhoun High School offense coordinator Mike Davis took the job. Twenty-one years at Calhoun, he took the job at Raven this year to coach Gunner Stockton. They came and hired him, wanted to put his offense around Gunner, um, and had record-breaking year basically. But what wasn't mentioned, I didn't know this either until a couple weeks ago. Gunner was hurt uh, throughout the year, and he played through injury. And they had two games in the middle of the year where um, they didn't need him. And they weren't going to play him much at all. Well, Gunner wouldn't have in that. So they got to a point where they took his helmet one day and said, you're not practicing. And he went off. I mean, he went off. He went and got his helmet. They turned around. He was practicing. And at that point, the coaches said, you know what? You can't – this this dude's different. Okay? So when you have little things like that, those little – you can play through toughness. You can play through some, some being banged up. And your other teammates see that you're not going to sit on the side and have that green jersey on unless you, medically you have to, but little things like that tell you that Gunner Stockton's different. Kib, what is it about you shook your head just like the rest of us? Uh, give us your Gunner Stockton take, why you why he would be your pick here. I mean, whenever we knew he wasn't doing Elite 11, he's just focused on his team, and that's how he's going to be at Georgia. I mean, that's what – I mean, you love to hear about that from any guy, but especially your quarterback. I mean, that's your leader. That's the guy that has to have control of the locker room, and I think it's pretty clear – from, you know, that his teammates feel that way about him, and he's probably going to win the locker room very early at Georgia just with his mentality. And you get that kind of tunnel vision where, you know, it's just that's the only thing you're really thinking about. And as a head football coach, I mean, who wouldn't want that from, from any of their players and who wouldn't love to have that from their quarterback? I mean, there are enough distractions out there today, uh, you know, Gosh knows that 
the three of us, I mean, just during the day, just trying to stay focused and, and doing and doing our job. Uh, you know, there's everything out there uh, to, to kind of peel you away from that. But I think it's pretty clear from, you know, a guy like Gunner that nothing's really going to do that with him. He's going to get in there and compete and try to help out his football team. And I think that his talent, I mean, the fact that you, you combine that with the fact that he's basically the most productive quarterback in Georgia high school history and one of the most productive, you know, in high school ever i i think everything all all the the boxes are checked there for him to go up there and and push for that job even though it's tough to do that as a freshman he's gonna make that room they're gonna have to i mean if you're in, in that quarterback room in the spring you're gonna have to work work your butt off because you know that gunner's he's he's not just coming for for the job i mean he's just trying to to be the best quarterback he can be and it, he's probably going to impress the coaching staff with how, how he goes out there on a day-to-day -day basis. And they know that maybe there might be some learning pains early on with him, but he's going to make Georgia a better football team, you know, on a weekly basis, just in how he prepares and how he practices. And we know from Kirby Smart that, that he loves that sort of thing. Nope. So he, I mean, he's, he's brought in a quarterback that has all every, the mentality he loves and, and has the physical traits that we, you know, we haven't discussed the fact that, you know, I mean, he's accurate with the football he makes plays with his legs, I and mean, we know that's something that they value there as well. So I just think he got everything you look for in a quarterback and a guy that could probably help Georgia win a lot of football games over the next couple of years. Don't forget that Brock Vandergriff chose to play seven games with a torn PCL his senior year. I mean, he had the opportunity to tap out and not play at Prince, and he had a torn PCL, and he finished with a brace on, and he played seven games to win the state championship. So – they got two young men with a lot of toughness that's going to battle for this job at some point. And a lot of raw ability, a lot of raw tools that you want to play the quarterback position to really good athletes, strong arm kids, and uh, they're going to battle it out. And uh, But before that gets here, Georgia's got a playoff game against uh, Michigan and uh, win that one, and they got a chance to win it all. And, and, you know, maybe one of those guys gets a chance to play and defend a national championship team and we'll get into all of that in the coming weeks but for this episode of the junkyard Dogcast, wrapping up the early signing period i'm jake rowe with dogs 24 7 he's rusty manson kip adams they are from the same place y'all take it easy okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.